Hi, babe. How are you? I'm like, a, you know, one of those sweaters at TJ Maxx that looks like they've, you know, seen better days, you know, like a, in a weird cerulean color. What? I'm hanging on by a thread, Joey. Hanging on by a thread. <laughs> <laughs> Joey! Yellen Marsh! <laughs> Hi, everybody! Hi, guys. Welcome to Obsessed with Disappeared, the podcast where we recap our favorite ID show, which is called Disappeared. I thought you were going to say my, like, 1,000-pound sister. When I go on <laughs> Discovery Plus, the ADHD takes over. There are some shows I really feel like we need to talk about. Oh, there are so many. I get a little overwhelmed. I'm like, where do these people exist? We're going to get to it because that is what we do in the Drama Club. So if you want to join our Patreon, that is where we're going to do all of our ad-free episodes, our bonus episodes. We do hang sessions. We have a close friend circle on Instagram. We get a little wild there. That's how we're going to let our hair down. We take your suggestions for any true crime TV show you want us to cover. And true crime can mean a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, baby. Here's the thing. These listeners have had like two years of all my dish and drama and secrets. So every week I'm going to say, Joey, tell us a secret. Oh, God. <laughs> you have to tell us a secret. Go on. <laughs> I'm putting him on a spot. I didn't prep him for this. Joey. Okay. Can I get some like intro music for like, you know, wheel of fortune. <laughs> da, tell da, us da, a secret. Da, da. Why is that? Why did that know. sound like I, I dream, dream of, of Genie? Genie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. Tell them something that they don't know about you so that they can get to know you better. Okay, I'm obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race. <gasps> okay. I'm obsessed. I have my favorite queens. Are, do you watch the show? On and off. I'm okay. not like you and Brett, but okay. go on. Obsessed. Bianca Del Rio is also from New Orleans, and she's a very good friend of mine. We've been friends for over 20 years, but I love her. I love Bob the Drag Queen. I love all the New York queens. So you found your new best friend if you love true crime, <laughs> and you love loud belting, and you love RuPaul's Drag Race. Joey Taranto is your new best friend. I'm just kidding. You can't have him. Aww. Season 7, Episode 2, Two Against the Tide, tells the story of Tiffany Daniels. A free-spirited young woman never makes it home. He was texting her, calling her, leaving her messages, but he could not get in touch with her. It never crossed my thoughts that she could possibly be missing, as in missing, missing. Until one piece of evidence leaves her family fearing the worst. I got a phone call that they had found her car. We found her phone inside. We found her wallet. We found what little cash she had. And friends and family frantically search for answers. I racked my brain to think if there was anyone who might have it out for Tiffany in one way or another. No one literally walks off the face of the earth. Someone always knows something. Always. Tiffany Daniels is a 25-year-old artist who works for the theater department at Pensacola State College. Now, did I ever tell you that I went to Bible college for a year in Pensacola, Florida? Are you a minister's kid? Tell me more. <laughs> That's right. I wanted to go study anything but theology, and I found myself in Pensacola, Florida, <gasps> at a Bible college for a year, which I got kicked out of. Of course you did. Because I never went to class. Oh, okay. I thought and you got kicked out for something dirty. <laughs> well, honey, they were on to me. Believe me, I made everyone very nervous there. <laughs> but the dean of students called me and he's like, yeah, we're not going to have you back next year. And I was like, why? And he goes, we know you don't go to class and that you go to the beach every day. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, sir, you are the tannest person in this school. <laughs> and I was just like, I'll go get my things. So I learned nothing about Jesus and a lot about my own homosexuality. August 12, 2013. 
It's late afternoon in Pensacola, a popular vacation spot for beach lovers in Florida's Panhandle. It's also home to Pensacola State College, where 25-year-old artist Tiffany Daniels works for the theater department. So Pensacola, home of, you know, everything in Florida is murdery and, and scary. Yes. And also Joey. Look at that. <laughs> Not Christopher tells us right off the bat. Literally the second or third word out of his mouth is a free-spirited young woman. Nope, nope, nope. I can't. I won't. I shan't. Rule number one, be the opposite of a free spirit if you want to live. I want you to be mainstream. Yeah. I want you to be calculated. Yes. If you find yourself, you know, kind of going wherever the wind takes you, get a plan, get a structure, get a planner. <laughs> free spirits, absolutely not. Yeah, free spirits, y'all make me nervous. And also the way that they so casually throw around the term free spirit. They're like, she swam with alligators. She was such a free spirit. <laughs> I don't know. Like, she jumped in the orangutan exhibit at the zoo. She's such a free spirit. I'm like, ma'am. Yeah, I would like everyone to be a little bit more <laughs> planned out in their life. She built scenes for them and painted them for their... Chicago was one of the big ones that she really did a fantastic job on. Tiffany uh, was a creative. Uh, She loved anything artistic. She loved painting. But Tiffany Daniels works for the theater department. Babe, she's one of us. She is one of us. They flash to a bunch of people painting sets. I'm sure they're no doubt doing Godspell to troll the shit out of me. Just continue (laughs) to troll me. And we meet Mama Cindy, Tiffany's mother, who tells us she painted scenes. I was like, Mama Cindy, I love you. I am here for your pain and your story. It's called Sets. Let's move on. But you know what? That does remind me of fucking Travis because my ex-husband used to call intermission halftime. Oh, my God. I was like, you know what it is. You know what it is. (laughs) But it's also like people who don't understand. And they're like, oh, what time is your play tonight? And I'm like, I'm not in a play. It's a musical. (laughs) And then Mama Cindy tells us she loved her work in Chicago. I'll be the judge of that. And I was like... Like, I mean, you know, I'm I'm not enjoying the juxtaposition because Chicago is about murder. It is about murder. Hey, <laughs> so Mama Cindy says something that I thought was so sweet. She says, you know, artists like my daughter they see things in a different way when they look at normal everyday things. Their perspective is different. I mean, she's an artsy nerd like us. Yeah. I mean, there actually has been very little research to understand the biology of creativity. But like, I would love to know how like numbers brains work. Like, I want (laughs) to be a person who like understands those things for a day. I'm like, oh, you don't sit and like see TikToks everywhere you go. I'm like, that's a TikTok. That's a TikTok. Like, like, I would love to know what a, what a normal, like, what a what's a what's a good like a like a Uh-oh. like a engineer <laughs> there it is ding 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 we also meet sister Candace who also tells us how creative she was growing up and um, just you know how she used to paint and she was one of us she was one of us now here's where she lost me baby because they're like she also was an outdoorsy kind of girl and I'm like I am not an outdoorsy kind of girl. <laughs> She loves biking. I can get on board with biking. Sure. But hiking and camping, like, you lost me at the camping part because surviving in the wilderness, that does not sound like a vacation to me. (laughs) The only requisite for being my podcast partner is that you hate camping. That's it. (laughs) You and Patrick can go. Oh, I forgot. Patrick hates camping. I don't like camping, glamping, whatever the shit they call that. Yeah, you two are like, (laughs) you guys go to the Four Seasons and room service stops at midnight. They're like, that's 
<laughs> Wait, are you a camping fan? I'm not a camping fan. I cannot imagine you camping. I'm not, I camped through Africa. I mean, like, I have camped. It's not, like, my favorite thing to do. I do get scared, but I'm not like, you know what I need to do? But I'll go. Oh. Yeah. This changes things yeah. for us. <laughs> I see you it differently. It was then that Joey walked out of the podcast studio. <laughs> we also find out that she has these really cute tattoos on her feet, and they're little seeds, and they turn into yeah. vines. She was just a beautiful human being. She lived in an area called Fort Pickens, and she used to take her forerunner to the beach. That sounds like a fun little life. I mean, listen, if you got to go to the beach, you go to the beach in Fort Pickens, baby. And we meet <laughs> Papa Rodney. Now, Papa Rodney is here to say they used to call her Butterfly Girl. Sometimes I would refer to Tiffany as that Butterfly Girl. She would be talking or doing something. If a butterfly came flitting by, she would take off and follow it. If a butterfly landed somewhere, she would get distracted and go follow it. Now, as a person who <laughs> suffers from ADHD, you don't need to give it a cute name. We get it. We have a short attention span. Oh, my God. Did you notice that your nostrils are two different sizes? I hate you. No, no. <laughs> they actually are. Do you know that it, they really no, are? that was me doing a short attention span joke. Oh. Is everyone here for my short attention wow. span joke? Wow. Okay. Okay. Wow. Oh, that went right over this head. <laughs> I, I think I, I think we, I really did have too much caffeine because I'm like, what? <laughs> okay. Anyway. Anyway, good for her that they just called her Butterfly Girl, because my family was like, they just called me fucking weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) I was a weirdo. I danced with mops in the backyard. Oh, I can't wait for you to tell them your Barbara Streisand stories about you singing Funny Girl. I feel like it's a visual. It is a visual, but I used to put my shirt over my head and pretend that I had long hair, and I would sing. I've got 36 express. Do it. I got 36 expressions. Sweet as pie to tough as leather. Needless to say, I made my minister parents very nervous. You're a minister's kid. Shut up. The one thing Tiffany does plan ahead are her regular swing and blues dance parties. She's well known in the Pensacola dance community. People love going to Tiffany's house. They could clear out the furniture and dance and go out on the porch. They really migrated over there when she had her dances. We learned that Tiffany through these swing parties. Now mind uh-huh. out the gutter, kids. <laughs> We're not talking about those kind of swing parties. We're talking that sounds so fun. Listen, I love that. Like she hosted them at her home. They would clear out the furniture on her patio yeah. and they would dance and have a good time. And I'm like, you know what? I'm on board with this. Totally. I'm telling you, we would totally be friends with Tiffany. We would. We could never have a swing dance party at an apartment in New York because no. your neighbors would be like, yeah, I know. I <laughs> they say that they were dancing on the porch. It's like, it just sounds so Southern. I'm just waiting for like Foghorn Leghorn to come in and be like, I say, I say, would you like to dance with me? Foghorn Leghorn. That's a very specific reference. Oh, no. All, all the Gen Z is like, what? But her family thinks that sometimes Tiffany cares too much. She's in charge of the lease on her house. And they say lately she's been fronting the rent for a constant revolving door of roommates. Most of the time, she was too nice. She didn't want to ask for the rent for the utilities when they were due. So we found out she was paying the things up front and then trying to collect from the roommate. We learn about her living situation. She's been having people in and out of her house, and she kind of is letting people pay what they can, when they can. Baby girl, bills got to be paid. 
Honey, I've lived in New York City for 19 years, and every roommate I've ever had basically showed up in my room with a knife, a shovel, and a garbage bag and was like, you got my money, motherfucker, because yeah. I will kill you. I will make you disappear. New Yorkers do not play that game when it comes to bills. Yeah, and Papa Rodney was like, she would just rather not ruffle feathers. She would rather just pay for stuff. And, you know, that adds up, and she started kind of, like, financially struggling. Poor thing. I mean, it, she didn't like confrontation. That's something that you and I are very familiar with. Mm-hmm. I'm a delicate flower, yeah, they call me. we're very shy. By July of 2013, Tiffany is struggling financially and desperate for some responsible roommates. She posts an ad on Craigslist. 54-year-old Gary Nichols, the father of her friend Noel, responds. She had put an ad on Craigslist, and Gary Nichols was actually a friend of... Gary Nichols was actually... Try that again. Boop. <laughs> Gary was a friend of... Nope, that sentence structure doesn't work out. Her friend Nicole! <laughs> yeah! Medic! Can I get a medic? <laughs> Gary was the father to Tiffany's friend, Noel. <laughs> and he had just separated from his wife. And Mama Cindy didn't like this sort of setup, which I get. She's like, she didn't need a father figure. Yeah. And Tiffany was like, you know what he can do? Pay, Pay the, the bills. <laughs> Pay the bills on time. She's like, you know, I need, I need to fix this situation. And Gary seems like the solution. Yeah, listen, I don't have a problem with his age. But please answer this question for me as a woman. Because I'm not a woman. But I want to put myself in everybody's shoes so I can be an empathetic person. But, like, would that make you super uncomfortable as a woman? Yeah, it, it doesn't seem ideal. Right. But obviously, like, what she's been doing hasn't really been working right. out for her very well. And she probably felt more comfortable knowing it was her friend's dad. Right. Even though that feels really weird. But I'm like, I get it. Bills have to be paid. Sometimes you have to make the decision that doesn't seem as fun as right. another decision. And, you know. But it turns out they had a lot in common. They had a lot of similar interests. They both love psyching and vegetable gardening. What's psyching? Did I just say psyching? Yeah. Look, can we hear that back? Interest. They both love psyching and... <laughs> they both love cycling and vegetable gardening. They're both vegetarians. And you know how you know someone's a vegetarian? Because I'll tell you. Oh, honey, it's like us CrossFitters. You know how we do CrossFit? You know, oh, wow. You can't do CrossFit unless someone knows about it. Oh, honey. You literally don't get the workout unless someone <laughs> knows you're going to CrossFit. I will call Joey. He's like, I'm going to CrossFit. <laughs> what time? Sometime today. <laughs> Just wanted you to know. Listen, you guys, Joey is a CrossFitter. I love it. Okay, so in late July, he moves in. Late July of 2013. And they're hitting it off. They love to talk. They love to hang out. And listen, I have friends. We both have friends, mutual friends that are 20 years older totally. than us. Yeah. And we have a lot in common. It's I, I don't see the problem. Right. So it's August 2013. Gary's only been living at the house for a few weeks. Now, Tiffany is building the set for Spamalot. So the night before she disappears, they stay in together. They watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail so they can get inspiration. But she doesn't mention anything to him about her plans the next day. Right. It's only a bloody flesh wound. Did you love Spam? <laughs> I love Spam. Lot. I okay. loved Spam a lot. I saw it with Clay Aiken. That's a weird, that's, that's, I don't even want to pull up that thread. <laughs> After movie night, it's about 5 a.m. and Gary hears the front door open and close several times. And when he leaves at 7 a.m., Tiffany's car is gone. Now, Papa Rodney is here to tell us that Tiffany's not a morning person. I'm like, me either, babe. Me either, honey. I mean, listen. I don't like nobody talking to me before 11 a.m. unless it's Egg McMahon coming back from the dead to tell me I won the publisher's clearinghouse million dollars and 
a sweet Jesus I just dated myself with that reference. <laughs> Later that morning, Tiffany shows up to work for her regular shift at the theater. But she asks her supervisor if she can leave a little early, and shortly before 5 p.m., she finishes up. Unbeknown to friends and family, she's already scheduled a few days off work. And Gary is home that night, and Tiffany isn't home. Now, Gary is her roommate, but Gary's also a dad. Right. You know, so he starts worrying about her, and he calls Noelle, who also hadn't seen her, and Noelle's like, dude, she's not your friend. Like, she doesn't have to check in with you, Dad. Calm down. You're overreacting. And poor Gary's like, okay, I guess you're right. I know. He's like, was that absolutely necessary? <laughs> so he's like, oh, shit. Okay, put me in my place. I'll shut up. Yeah. But the thing is, is that she had scheduled a few days off, and nobody knows why. She didn't tell anyone. That is very interesting yeah. to me. Yeah, no, no friend or no family. So Gary calls Tiffany again the next day, no response. And then he gets home, and the power is cut off. Right. And he's like, okay, this is weird. Did she not pay the bill? That's right. super not like her. So he called Noelle and was like, okay, Noelle, I know you like kind of like told me off the other day. I get it. But I'm actually worried now. Absolutely. And I would also say that I have seen enough of these things where it's like, oh, if she didn't pay the bill, then maybe she's just saving her money because she is going to take off and start a new life for herself. You right. know what I mean? Right. And so Noelle Facebook messages Mama Cindy and was like, hey, this is Noelle. Your daughter lives with my dad and my dad hasn't seen her since Sunday. I mean, five days. Yeah. That is a long time. Now, if I couldn't get in touch with you, Ellen, yeah. for like 24 hours, I'm calling the cops. Yeah. <laughs> because I'd be like, my friend has been abducted. She has not responded to my text trying to gossip with her yeah. and she always gossips with me <laughs> <laughs> but that's a long time no it is and mama cindy still isn't panicking she's like all right let me call her let me see where this free spirit of mine is right. you know how she is and she gets no response and then mama cindy's like okay actually let's do something and they spring into action and they call everybody that they know collectively everyone and the crazy part of it all that really like this struck a chord with me is that we called everyone and we're like we called bob and bob would be like oh you should just call cindy yeah. and they're like we already talked to cindy exactly but that sort of happens they're like she's with so-and-so no i saw her with sassafras right, and right. it's like no sassafras was out of town with who's he watching you know and it's just that like web of people <laughs> totally you know i mean how do you find anyone if they're not on the instagram story i'm like listen <laughs> i saw them at flaming saddles last night in their store you know it's does anybody have your location on this planet. What do you mean? I mean, like, I have a friend who has, like, certain people in his life that he's like, they know my location. Oh, no, I should do that. It should be you. You know, I I told the story about when I text you pictures of yeah, you, oh, you you will text me an address <laughs> and a whole ass ID. And literally all the caption says, in case I go missing. And I'm like, okay, no questions. <laughs> you guys remember how I told you guys I send it? Jo Joey's sitting right here. And then Patrick had the full priced audacity to say to me, well, why didn't you send it to me? I was like, bitch, you go to bed at 8 p.m. What am I getting done before 8 p.m.? I mean, listen. I, I know, well, maybe we should share each other's locations. Yeah, we should, actually. We'll do that after Good. this. All right, now everybody that... share your location. It's now been five days since her daughter was last seen at the theater. She calls the police, and the Escambia County Sheriff's Office sends officers to her home. We went over everything. We talked about all of her friends, who I had called, what we had done. But to Cindy, the police appear skeptical. So Mama Cindy goes straight to the police and they go over everything, answer all the questions, and then they say the fucking thing Ugh. that makes me mad every 
fucking time. He basically told me, Ms. Daniels, she's 25 years old. She can walk off the face of the earth if she wants to, and there's nothing we can do about it. And I, which time I told him, you file that report. Well, she has a right to go missing if she wants to. And like, I... Uh-oh. No, that was that was like my short circuit. If somebody told me that, I'd be like, I didn't ask for your opinion. I didn't ask for anything pertaining to my kid. I asked you to write this shit down. Absolutely. And Mama Cindy was like, take the report. I mean, honey, I was like, work. Yeah. I lived for it. She's like, you file that report or you're going to be the next one missing. And I was like, yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, that's what you and I would do. Oh, absolutely. So she's a down bitch. And guess what? We would do the same. So they run into a problem, which is that Mama Cindy doesn't live in the city limits of Pensacola and Tiffany does. So the sheriff's office, they're like, thank God we don't got to deal with this. And they yeah. pass it on to the local police. And that's when we meet Officer Daniel Harnett. As law enforcement, we're going to investigate missing persons cases as if they're a crime. The way we work those cases is if it's worst case and we hope for the best. So Detective Daniel is like, we start straight at worst case scenario. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, Same. you and me both. <laughs> you and me both. What do you think about that tactic as far as like... Uh, my brain can't help but do that. <laughs> it's I, the Italian in yeah, us. Yeah, it does. I just like go zero to crazy. And then like I try and fill in the blanks. Remember at the beginning when I said I was hanging on by a thread? Like, I mean, that's just, that's how I live my life. Detective Harnett goes straight to Tiffany's house in Long Hollow to investigate. Cindy is waiting for him when he arrives. I was the first one there, and I opened the door, and we started to go in, and they asked me to step back, which really threw me for a loop. They made me stay out on the front porch while they were gone to clear the house. My mind was going a thousand different ways as to what could they possibly find, and I was just freaked out. Detective Harnett goes straight to Tiffany's house, and honey, Mama Cindy is waiting for him. Yeah, she's like, like, check yourself out. (laughs) They're like, you wait out here. We're going to search the house because she could potentially compromise evidence. So I cannot even imagine. So they search Tiffany's room, and they find no evidence of foul play. Yeah. And someone had told the detective, you know, oh, she loves camping. And he's like, well, her camping stuff's here. Like, her tent, her backpack. So Harnett goes back to the police station, and not Christopher says that Detective Harnett issues uh, be on the lookout. I was like, not Christopher. Please do not talk down to us. <laughs> we are experts in the true crime community, and every down bitch knows that a be on the lookout is called a bolo. Oh, okay? is it? Oh, boy. Oh, wow. A be on the lookout, a bolo. Oh. Okay. All right. Everybody look at Joey. Everybody look at Joey. And I'm here. Okay, I'm sorry. So they have a bolo for our Toyota 4Runner 1999 in gray, and that was Tiffany's car, and they alert the media, yes. and they go right in for who? The people closest to her. Yep. And and that's when we find out that Tiffany had a boyfriend who had moved the day before she disappeared. And yikes, that is some wild timing. Yeah. Detective Harnett learns that Tiffany and Gray first connected in 2012. Very, very smart, talented guy and works with robotics. And they seem to have a very strong connection and love to dance. He and Tiffany were cute as a button together. We thought this might be the one. Mama Cindy is so sweet. We're going to find out what a down bitch she is. But if I ever run for office, my platform is going to be leave 20-somethings alone. <laughs> Don't ask them about 
about their career, right. their childhood plans, their marriage plans. I don't think any questions should be asked while you're trying to fucking figure out your life. I agree. I'm Mama Cindy. I'm not mad at you. I get it. But I was just like, they're 25. And then someone's going to DM me and be like, I got married when I was 18. <laughs> I get it. I'm just saying it's just such a confusing time. So we find out that Gray was a super smart dude who worked in robotics. I consistently learn how many jobs there are in this world. I <laughs> That was a job? I think it's fascinating. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Robotics. <laughs> Wait, is that Sharon? Yeah, fucking what of it? <laughs> Who are you? Where's the other mouthy uh, loudmouth that's normally at that microphone? Who are you? <laughs> Sharon Bagabones? Yeah, I still don't know who the fuck you are. What's your name? My name is Joey Sharon Bagabones. Uh, you're not even wearing cargo pants. <laughs> What are you, some kind of fashion fracking icon? You don't know what robotics are? Do you know what robotics are? Yeah, I know what robotics are. I drive a fracking Dodge Dot. I had to soup that shit up all last summer. I still can't go 45 on the highway, though. I need a new carburetor. All right, I'm going to go find loud. It did, uh, did you kill Loudmouth? Is that what happened? Loudmouth! Wow, okay, that was your first Sharon Bag of Bones. Uh, wow, what a time to be alive. Coming in hot. All right, sorry. Back to the story, everyone. <laughs> Tell them about Gray. Gray got accepted to graduate school at the University of Texas to study robotics. When he asked Tiffany to come with him, she declined. Austin would have been a great town for Tiff, actually. She's very creative. It's a creative town. But she was torn. I think she wanted to be with Gray, but I don't think she wanted to move. It was so funny because she was always wanting to go and travel and travel and do this and do that. Yet when it came down to actually moving, she had put her, her feet down and said, no, I'm not moving. I'm not leaving. So they decide to do long distance, which good luck with your project. Does distance make the heart grow fonder or hornier? I've never. <laughs> Both. Yeah, I've never quite. My hat's off to anyone who can make long distance work. but um, She's a complicated order. Yeah, another thing I failed at in my life. Hello. <laughs> so on the morning of Sunday, August the 11th, the day before Tiffany was to disappear, she hosts a farewell breakfast for Gray and some of the friends. And after breakfast, he left for Texas. Yeah, and roommate Gary, who, by the way, is not here. No. His daughter, Noelle, is, but roommate Gary is not here. But roommate Gary had said that she seemed sad, and I was like, of course she's, you know, sad. So Papa Rodney calls Gray, and this wasn't in, like, an inquisitive way. This was truly just in a gathering information way. Well, because she was such a butterfly. Yeah. That they figured, oh, well, maybe she just picked up and left and went to go visit him and Austin and didn't tell anybody because that's the kind of thing that she would do. But it turns out that Gray spoke to her once when he arrived in Texas, but not the day she disappeared. Right. And Detective Harnett asked him to go to his local authorities and provide DNA, which seemed oddly casual. <laughs> he was like, hey, Gray, uh, Detective Harnett here. Um, how was the drive? Good? Did you? Uh, I hope you t I took your pictures at all those funny signs. Uh, and how was Texas? They say it's bigger there. Anyway, could you do me a favor when you get a second? No pressure. Could you swing by the police station and just give them... Um, you, uh, you know, just all your DNA. That would be so great. Whenever you get a sec, it just seems so casual. Yeah. Swing by the police. Yeah, could you spare a couple pubes and a fingerprint? <laughs> Detective Harnett also pulls his cell phone records, which confirm that on Monday, August 12th, when Tiffany was last seen in Pensacola, Gray was hundreds of miles away in Texas. Is it possible that he came back to Pensacola? 
and we just can't verify it? Sure. All kinds of things are possible. So now they have to move on and they're thinking, well, she was depressed about Gray leaving and possibly could have harmed herself. Yeah, so they move to, you know, of course they have to like exhaust every possible avenue and they say that she wasn't herself the past couple of months. Her sister Candace, who lived in New York, said something was off and her friend Terry agreed. And Mama Cindy says, you know, quite rightly, suicide was out of the question. I understand why someone would say that, but that statement, we hear it all the time. They absolutely wouldn't do that to, you know, the absolutely. I just think that is a really, really dangerous statement to make. And and I don't think that's the case here. I don't think that is the case with Tiffany, but we do hear that all the time. And I have spoken before on smiling depression, you know, which is like a term someone living with depression, but appears perfectly happy. And every time I think of that, Every time I think of Robin Williams. Absolutely. I mean, but, you know, Robin did suffer from depression, but that he also suffered from a brain disease that nobody knew about right. called um, diffuse Louis body dementia. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. But like whenever someone says that, I'm like, you just never know what's going on inside someone's mind and no. heart at any moment. I don't think that is what happened here. Yeah. But we hear it all the time. And every time my mind just goes, but how do you know? You don't. You know, that's the thing. We never really know what people are going through. It's like relationships. They say you never know what happens behind closed yeah. doors. So, you know, the suicide angle also doesn't track because she had several plans with people throughout the week. Yeah. She had a dance party planned. She did. And yeah. So now, you know, they've looked at Gray. Now they start to look at roommate Gary. And they were like, I mean, this is weird, right? Like, uh, <laughs> old guys living with, this is weird, right? It's weird. <laughs> I mean, it does raise questions, unfortunately, for Gary. Then... Police find evidence Tiffany went home after work the day she disappeared, while Gary was in the house. But Gary says he never saw Tiffany or heard her come in. Police find evidence that she actually went home after her shift the day she disappeared while Gary was in the house and that's a yikes for me. Right. So the story goes on the 12th, Gary had gotten off work at about 4 p.m., home around 4.20 and he said at the time he was on the phone with his girlfriend. Now Mama Cindy is not picking up what Gary is putting down because she is like there was an opening in her room above that you can hear what's going on between rooms and she's not buying it. Now I get it because I am Mama Cindy. I am sus of everyone. I have some questions for you, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hit me with them. No, not right now. But I would be (laughs) speaking to the manager all over the place. Absolutely. you know, I get it. Yeah, but also, I cannot believe you just skipped over the fact that Mama Cindy was like, she had an opening in her ceiling that went into the next room, and you could throw an object through it into the next room. And I was like, what? (laughs) Excuse me? You know what I was thinking of, though? Have you ever been in those New York apartments where they slap up a wall and call it a two-bedroom? absolutely. That's what I was thinking of. But I mean, like, there's still a ceiling. (laughs) Not a hole. Not an opening in the ceiling in the corner of the room that connects to the next room. Yeah, that's a privacy issue. Yes. So Detective Harnett believes that if Gary was on the phone, he may very well have not heard anything. And also, Gary was the first one to be like, yo, something is wrong here. He was the first person to express concern. So Noelle tells us her father had a lot of faith in the justice system, to which I say that must be nice because these fuckers send the wrong person to jail all the time. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, Gary was not worried. He was not worried and fully cooperated. Harnett was like, look. I don't think this is our guy. And so social media starts flooding. They start designing flyers, putting them up everywhere. It's August 20th, nine days after she's been missing, and a huge break in the case. That afternoon, 
a jogger notices a familiar car in the parking lot just outside the entrance to Fort Pickens on Pensacola Beach. The jogger happens to know Tiffany's family and gives them a call. Police are notified too. They find Tiffany's car. Mm. And a jogger notices the car at the entrance on Pensacola Beach. And I was like, yay for people who pay attention. (laughs) This show proves time and time again that I am a walking fucking zombie. (laughs) Well, that's also, Pensacola is full of tourists. Did it not give you chills when they said they found her car? Yeah, I know. uh, It's, yeah, it's so much. Now, Mama Cindy is me because the (laughs) cops are like, no, Mama Cindy. I know it was really hard for you to stay outside when they were searching her house. I know that's really hard. I'm going to beg you not to go and look at her car. And she was like, hey, bye. <laughs> and she does not fast go. She does not collect $200. No, honey, she was there quicker than you could say my daughter's a butterfly. Yeah, okay? <laughs> she was like, I'm getting a six-piece mic. I don't give a fuck. And I am going to this fucking car. <laughs> she said, I mean, and she says, like, I just knew. Yeah. That Tiffany would be down there, and, and and I just knew I'd find her there, and she, and no one was going to stop her. Yeah, and then, well, a cop already beat her to us, like, ba 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 ba, Cindy, <laughs> what do we tell you, babe? And she's like, okay, let me just look inside. <laughs> she saw it in the car. She's like, there was a jug of water, there yeah. was peanut butter, there was clothes, her purse, her tablet, her wallet, her bike was in the back. Again, this is obviously someone who's not trying to take off yeah. and start a new life. Yeah, she left too many important things behind. So they tow her car to the police station, where they were able to match everything but two fingerprints. One on the outside door handle and one on the steering wheel. And I'm nervous. Yeah. It could have been a valet. It could have been the person. You know, it's it's so hard when it's just two. But they weren't identifiable. They It was no, nothing that they found in the database. I mean, it's, it, it's so frustrating because you're like, well, who's are they? Exactly. Could yeah. be anybody's. Meanwhile, Detective Harnett wants to know how long Tiffany's car has been at the beach. And there's one important key to finding out. Drivers crossing over to Santa Rosa Island from Pensacola must pass through a toll. When a vehicle passes through the toll, every time there's a tag reader that captures the tag of vehicles entering Pensacola Beach. In order to get from Santa Rosa to Pensacola, she would have had to have gone through a toll. And obviously there's a tag reader on it, so they're able to ping her car at 7.51 p.m. on Monday But that doesn't mean she was driving it because the ding is just her license plate. And that gives me chills. When the mother is like, we have no idea who was driving that vehicle. And it gave me chills. Yeah. You guys, you remember the McStay family? The McStay, the crossing the board. Oh, my God. That just like brought back McStay memories. (laughs) Harnett tries to determine whether witnesses saw her car sitting in the parking lot all week. And so he gets statements from a few people who said they noticed it sitting there, but the statements contradict each other, so it's very confusing because it is a tourist town. And, of course, the serial of it all, you're never going to get two people to tell the same story. Oh, yeah, it's been there since Tuesday. No, I definitely saw it there Thursday. I mean, it's just, it's it's so hard. And then you get half the people like me who are like, what? I didn't see a fucking van. (laughs) So they continue to flyer. They ask questions everywhere. They hand out 40,000 flyers. Honey. That is in two weeks. I know. And they still come up with nothing. Now, something that Harnett had noticed, which I thought was really interesting, was the bike in her car had sand on it, but there was no sand in the vehicle itself. So they're thinking, like, maybe she went out for an evening swim. And her friend Terry tells us there was a meteor shower that night, and maybe she went to watch that because that's the sort of thing that she would do and love so much. Going back, Mama Cindy's like, again, she was a free spirit, and she would have gone swimming at night. And I'm like, does everything make you a free spirit? (laughs) 
And then everyone starts thinking, did she get stuck in the water? There are rip currents there. And then they say something kind of dark and they say, but usually drowning bodies come back to shore. Now they reach out to an organization called the Class Kids Foundation, which was organized to give meaning to the senseless kidnapping and murder of Polly Class. Now let me tell you. Tell me. This story, Polly Class went missing about 40 minutes where I'm from. I know the Polly Class story. The Polly Class story scared the bejesus out of any kid in the Bay Area. When was this? It was like in the early 90s. And this is crazy. I have never told this story before. I was out with my aunt and a friend. And oh, look at my arms. Look at my I arms. I see it. I see it. Uh, I have chills on my arms. A woman came up to me and thought I was polyclass. Wait, Google polyclass right now and see what she looks like. So this organization was started by her family. Oh, it's such a crazy story. Polyclass and her friend were having a sleepover and a man came through the window, kidnapped polyclass. She was, I mean, it was- oh. Yes, I can see that. I know I, I it, recognize her face, but that does look came like you. Someone up to me in the mall when I was a little girl and said, did you know the whole world is looking for you? It's like a movie in my mind. That is terrifying. Isn't that crazy? It's yeah. somebody, okay, well, this is for another podcast. For another podcast, <laughs> I know. But it was it was crazy. Anyway, when they said the Class Kids Foundation, I was like, oh my God, that's Polly. Wow. You know those stories when you're little that like ring true from like oh, when you're a kid? Absolutely. On August 25th, Class Kids organizes a massive land and water search of Fort Pickens and Santa Rosa Island that includes National Park Rangers, two other professional search agencies, and 250 community volunteers. Many of them brave rattlesnakes and 90-degree heat to do a grid search of the park and the beach. They tell us they brave rattlesnakes and 90-degree heat to help the family out, and I'm like, rattlesnake? Yeah, no. I don't, I don't, I didn't sign up. I, no snakes. No, no. I don't fuck with a snake. No. I don't want to, I don't want to see snake written down. No, thank you, Florida. I have given, <laughs> I, I have given Florida so many bad Yelp reviews. <laughs> yeah, no, but thank you. But you know we love Disney. <gasps> Remember when we went to Disney? We did go to, you and I had a good, whoa, remember, can I tell the story? What, yeah. What, about what? how high we were when we were. We had a, we had a little bit of, we had a little bit of an edible. Ellen and I took an edible. <laughs> we got on the Tower of Terror. And right when we were so close to getting on the ride, I looked at her and I go, fuck, I'm high. She's like, <laughs> me too. And we sit down and the woman who was giving the instruction, she's like, all right, keep your arms and your hands inside. And there's a little girl who's like, no, I don't want to go on the ride. Ah, and, the, and the woman who's giving us the instructions, she's like, keep your hands inside, your arms. Are, is she going to be okay? <laughs> and the dad is like, no, she's fine. She's just nervous. She's like, no, no, I don't want to go. And let me tell y'all, they took us all the way up. And when they dropped, that little girl screamed <laughs> bloody murder the entire time. And the louder she screamed, the harder she and I laughed, <laughs> cackled, cackled. So that by the time the ride was over and we stepped off and you had to do it by row and they were on the row next to us, we were getting off. And the dad just looks at us like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> I have a highlight reel of you and me at Disney. It's on my Instagram. There were a few odds and ends of clothing and jewelry and but there really wasn't anything that uh, that was of Tiffany's that we could identify. So it's super organized. They search and there's no sign of Tiffany dead or alive. And of course, the family is devastated. But the detective says to Papa Rodney, like, look, we didn't find a body or a part of a body. He says, and that really took me back. But he's like, in a way, that's a good thing. It's a good sign. So don't give up. I know I always say this, but my heart just breaks for this family. I know, I know. So they start to put their mind towards human trafficking, which I live in 
in constant fear of you are a human trafficker unless proven otherwise. I am always scared of it. More on that later. <laughs> so they made a Facebook page to help find Tiffany. People flood the page. They got this tip from a convenience store clerk that swear he saw her down to her tattoos. And then they get the footage and they walk through all the footage and they're like, mm, yeah, she wasn't here, dude. What the fuck are you talking what about? What is wrong with people? I always get so hopeful and I always think that people's hearts are in the right place whenever they get tips, but are they? Like, I don't know. Well, I, I think this guy fully lied, to which I say, what the fuck is wrong with you? Call your therapist. Yeah. <laughs> then in January 2014, they get a tip from a restaurant, wait for it, in Metairie, Louisiana, which is a suburb of New Orleans, which, baby, that's where I was born, in Metairie, Louisiana. And you know who else was born in Metairie, Louisiana? Reese Witherspoon. Okay. Okay. A waitress was relatively sure that she had served Tiffany and two other women. Another girl, a younger girl like her, and then an older Hispanic woman that was dressed real nice. The waitress notices something disturbing about their body language. She said they had their shirts pulled down over their hands. Tiffany was very cold-natured, and it wasn't unusual for her to be wearing a sweater with the sleeves pulled down to her knuckles. So we get this story from this waitress. Now, at first, I got to be honest, this seems seemed a little far-fetchy to me. Oh, but, okay. But, but wait for a second. So this waitress thought she had served Tiffany and two older women. Now, she explained, she was very specific about their body language, that their shirts were pulled over their hands, they never looked up, and they didn't make eye contact, and this was the big one. Oh, there go the chills yep, again. Yep. This woman spoke for them. Yeah, and it's very nerve-wracking, right? So the, the waitress is very, uh, she's like, oh, this. I think that this is her. I think that this is her. And she remembered one interesting thing. She said that the woman that she thought was Tiffany had said, is this soup a seafood broth or a chicken broth? And Mama Cindy comes in and says, she once got a soup that had a chicken broth and of course she's a vegetarian. And I was like, this all seems a little bit like we're grasping for straws here. And then we learned the last thing that the waitress told us. When the waitress returns to the table, she speaks to the young woman who looks like Tiffany. She told her, you look just like the girl missing from Pensacola. The waitress says they leave the restaurant immediately. I mean, what was she thinking? She decides that the best way to handle the situation is to go over to the table, look this woman straight in the eyes and go, you know, you look a lot like that woman that's missing from Pensacola, right? And they left. Immediately. <gasps> I was like, what? Yeah. That was your big plan? I know, but you just never know in the moment. Like, she was just, first of all, whoever this waitress was, it, like, good on you for, like, asking questions and no, recognizing all these details because those are very specific details, especially, like, overting your eyes and she didn't, I mean, they got up and left. And Mama Cindy was like, well, this is great. Right. This is great. We'll get the security footage and we'll see where my daughter is. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. And what happens the way it always happens? They record it over the security footage. Oh. So it's too late. And it's like, why is it always that way? Can't pay the extra $10 for the Dropbox premium so you can store the <laughs> shit. Jesus Lord. My God. Oh, so the my family is so puzzled by this. If that's her, how did she end up in New Orleans? I know. So they get another tip from Mobile, and they someone said they saw what looked like Tiffany hitchhiking with a man. It wasn't her. I get it. Here's my question. How can you say with 
utmost certainty that someone is someone that you saw a picture of at a Denny's one day. And I get it. You know, I do think some people's hearts are in the right place. But how can you say it's just a blonde lady? I'm just a brown haired lady. You have know? you ever been to Mobile, Alabama? No, <laughs> I have. I have spent more time than I'd care to in Mobile, Alabama. It can happen in Mobile, Alabama. I'm just kidding. I love you, Mobile. But it's it, I mean, I get it. People want to help or they fucking don't. Because well, let's get to what true. happens in two years later. Then her mother gets a Facebook message that makes her blood run cold. Someone named Tammy Show claims that her boyfriend was responsible for Tiffany's disappearance. She says she had been suspicious for a long time with her boyfriend, and she had found pictures of Tiffany in his belongings and had found out that Tiffany was a missing person. She tells Cindy that her boyfriend admitted he murdered Tiffany, and she caught his whole confession on tape. So they get a Facebook message from a person named Tammy Shaw, who says, I can lead your family to Tiffany's body. I have a tape confession of the killer. My boyfriend was responsible. I discovered pictures of Tiffany, among other things. If you give me $3,000, I'll send you the recording. Yeah, I was like, hmm. So Mama Cindy's like, okay, send me some of that recording before I wire you this $3,000. Right. And so we hear the confession. Pulled a backup pistol that I kept in the back of my belt, you know, holster. And if I knew it, I fired one shot. She didn't want her to suffer. And Mama Cindy gives it to down bitch Noelle. And Noelle's like, give me 20 minutes. 20 minutes. And she does a fucking reverse search on the internet. And what does she find? Reverse, reverse. I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. They find out that it's actually a YouTube video that they recorded of a police officer in Panama City confessing to killing his girlfriend. And I am like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? You're disgusting. So they tracked the IP address and it was a fucking person in Russia. So you Russian hackers are going to come in here on Beyonce's internet (laughs) playing (laughs) fucking reindeer games with people and their emotions not on down bitch Noelle's watch. People are discussing, if I had a bullet with two guns and Osama Bin Laden and fucking Hitler, I would shoot that guy twice. (laughs) Motherfucker deal of just... Fucking like, uh oh, she's gonna explode. <laughs> Look back. Taking Look out. advantage of desperate people. Feel free to die mad, you fucking I Russian mean... hacker, Igor, whatever the hell your <laughs> fucking name is. Igor, yeah, y'all could, Igor, you could choke. Yeah. I mean, but really, it's funny, it's not funny, but the Kloss kids call it the second wave of predators, and it really it is. It really is. It's so, it's, it's, it, ugh, it's amoral. It's disgusting. Today, in the impound lot behind the police station, Tiffany's car still sits. It's been here since it was brought in for testing in 2013. In my 14 years as being a detective with the Pensacola Police Department, this case has consumed more manpower hours than any other case that I've worked on with no resolution. The investigation is ongoing and it won't close until there is an answer. And if there's never an answer, it'll never close. And there's still no sign of Tiffany. She's still out there. We don't know where she is. Detective Harnett says, I'm still searching. I'm open to any possibility. Yeah, and we learn that Tiffany's car still remains in the lot with everything in it. And they kind of gaze over the car and it looks like the inside of, you know, Tara Grinstead's living room or Brandon Fuchs's car. I'm not one to judge. <laughs> I got clothes, umbrellas. <laughs> I've been in your car. Ice skate. I got my daughter's boogie board in the trunk. I was like, when was the last time we went boogie 
boogie-boarding? <laughs> you never know. You never know when you might be called by the Lord to boogie-board. <laughs> oh! You know, look at that! I need a T-shirt! <laughs> I've been called by the Lord so, to boogie-board. To boogie-board. <laughs> so Mama Cindy and Papa Rodney continue to do work with organizations such as the Class Kids Foundation. And ugh, the family at the end, they just speak about how much better their lives were for having Tiffany in it and what they miss. However, this family has not given up hope, which uh, look at, I'm just a chill factory today. They have a Facebook page that is still very much active. It is called the Help Find Tiffany page. And if you have any information leading to the disappearance of Tiffany Daniels, please direct your calls to the Pensacola Police Department at 8 five zero four three five one nine zero zero and on that if you suspect someone is the victim of human trafficking the best thing you can do if something mm. like that happens yes tell me in the restaurant with that uh, that poor waitress who had you know clearly good intentions and good instincts is to stall that person. Oh, okay. Keep them, you know, call the police, ask them questions. Where did you get your shirt? I like your hair. You know, are you watching Ted Lasso? Whatever you can do (laughs) to keep them in one place because I'm sure that girl meant her best intentions and I'm sure saying, you look like the missing girl, I would have probably said that too if I didn't have, you know, my wits about me. But um, if you do suspect that, you can always call 911 and if you have any further information you can call the National Human Trafficking Hotline at 1-888-373-7888. And please, oh, please just be safe out there. Poor um, Tiffany. Yeah, they have not found her body, and this family still needs and wants answers, and they just, you know, of course they deserve it just like anybody else. They you want, do. You want to say something funny? Well, this story is very sad, but something I'm glad I've witnessed in my life is you mastering the art of trimming your bangs with nose-trimming scissors. Bow, 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 Wow, that was a secret I didn't know we were going to tell today. Honey, go, we did it. Where is she? Where is she? Poor I hope Tiffany. they find her. All right, everybody, don't forget, you can find Joey and I screaming at the top of our lungs more on our Patreon where we have bonus episodes. We have these episodes ad-free. We also once a month have something very special. We do trivia. We do Zoom hangs. We do Q&As. We love getting to know you. We love hearing from you. Yeah, baby, we do it all. Come and join us on the Facebook group. Tell them about the Facebook group. Yes, the Facebook Obsessed with Disappeared discussion group. Podcast discussion group. Ah, God damn it. I was so close. It's just the longest. Could we call it OWD discussion group? <laughs> you can find us on Instagram at the disappeared pod. Always tag us if you have something fun to say. We'll repost yes. it. Thank you so much for telling all of your true crime friends about us. And hey, if you're feeling in a jolly mood, scooch on over and give us a five-star iTunes review. Tell everybody why you love us and tell them why you're so happy that Joey is here. Yeah, tell me everything. Tell me everything. <laughs> Validate me. We're needy. You can Follow me on all my socials on at Ellen Marsh on Instagram and Ellen Marie Marsh. I should change that on to talk. Yeah, baby. And you can find me on Instagram at it's Joey Taranto. And we're going to start a TikTok, you and I. We need to get on that. I'm so excited. We need to get on that. Anyway, we love you so much. We love you. Thank you for coming. Bye. Bye. 
that yep. muggles like you and me mm-hmm. uh, wouldn't see when they look. They get perspective. Okay, let me just. We are here, season two. Nope. That's not where we are. (laughs) We are caffeinated. (laughs) Okay, so it's July of 2013. Tiffany's struggling financially. What did I just say? It's (laughs) financially. I'm telling you guys, my head might blow off my shoulders (laughs) because I'm so caffeinated. What is it called? Make the... uh... Oh, do you smell toast? Burnt toast? (laughs) (laughs) So then, and then they're, and then they're, um, and then they get it, uh, uh, oh, Jesus. Then they get another tip. <laughs> I'm going to take this for you, baby. Here you go. And two other women and an older. Two other women? Two other. Did I say that? You said two other two women. Two other women. <laughs> and, and so Mama Cindy and Papa Rodney continue to do. Continue to do. Hello. Do-do-do-do. Which is a suburb. Ugh. A suburb? What it's is a wrong suburb. with me? 